This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Welcome to another episode of the One Verse Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Myers. This is episode number 53, where we look at Genesis 4, verses 1 through 3. Have you ever wondered why Cain brought an offering of fruit to God in Genesis 4? If you haven't wondered that, maybe you have wondered why God did not accept Cain's offering of fruit, but he did accept Abel's offering of the firstborn of his flock and of its fat. That's what we're going to look at. Well, at least those first set of questions in in episode 53 today when we look at Genesis 4, 1, 2, 3. Uh, And it will be important for you to have already listened to episode 52 before you listen to this episode. Uh, In that last episode, I told you a story which is important for you to hear if you want to understand, fully understand what we talk about in today's episode. And hey, uh, I want to let you know about something I just made available on my website. I don't know how you subscribe or listen to this podcast, but I recently created a page on my website, redeeminggod.com, where you can download all the previous episodes for free. So uh, if you want to, you know, download them so you can listen to them on your computer, on your smartphone for later listening, I put all of the links to the downloaded files, uh, links to download the files at redeeminggod.com slash podcast archives. That's redeeminggod.com slash podcast archives. The only thing is if you go there, you need to be a member to access that page. Um, I usually charge for downloads like this. In the past, I have anyway. I charge $3 a piece, but I'm giving them away for free to members. You don't have to be a paying member. You can be a free member to get them that way. Uh, There's uh, almost 100 files on there, so that's about a $300 value, but I'll give them to you for free. Just become a faith member, um, and and you can download all those podcast files for free as well. Uh, maybe I should have called it the Grace membership level since Grace is absolutely free. Anyway, it's the Faith membership level. It's free to join, and once you become a member, you can get the podcast files for free as well. To to uh, sign up, just go to redeeminggod.com/register and choose the Faith membership. Of course, if you want to choose the Hope or Love membership, I would really greatly appreciate that as well. You get my courses, my online courses, for free that way. Um, but if you if you become a Faith member, then you can download the podcast archives for free. Of course. Uh, Hope and Love members can also download the podcast archives for free. So anyway, hope to see you there. Let's get on with our study of Genesis 4, 1 through 3. All right, so as I indicated there sort of in the intro, if you haven't listened to last week's episode... I strongly recommend you go listen to it before you listen to this episode. In that episode, it's episode 52, help you find it quickly in the archives or on iTunes or whatever, I introduced Genesis 4 to you by telling you a story about a man and his two sons and how the three of them interacted with the CEO of a certain company they were working for. Uh, The story obviously is completely fictional. 
I made it up myself, as maybe you could tell when you listen to it. Not maybe the greatest of storytellers, but anyway, it uh, sort of provides the background story for what we see happening in Genesis 4. Uh, if you did listen to that story, then uh, you probably pieced the, the, you know, the, the, put the pieces together already by now. Uh, but in this episode, I want to fill the blanks in for you anyway, just in case. Uh, but before we fill in those blanks, let's just briefly consider the text. Let's look briefly at uh, the three verses, Genesis 4, 1, 2, 3. Uh, the, the, the chapter begins by saying that Adam knew his wife, Eve. Obviously, this doesn't mean <laughs> Adam uh, got to know his wife's interests and goals and dreams and plans and desires. Those are good things for men to know about their wives. But uh, that is not what, that's not what this verse means here. When it says Adam knew his wife, that's a Hebrew idiom, a Hebrew uh, figure of speech for sexual intimacy. It means they slept together. And that's significant, of course, because remember, way back in Genesis 1 and then in Genesis 2 as well, when God created humans, he told them to be fruitful and multiply upon the face of the earth. It was their primary task, their first responsibility that he gave to them. We talked about that in Genesis 1.28. And then, at the end of Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve had eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and God sent them out of the garden, if you remember, he made these linen clothes for them. I mentioned to you that The way God sends them out of the Garden of Eden reveals that all of the tasks and responsibilities that God had given to them as his image bearers, as the image of God on earth, that he still wanted them to carry these out on the earth. He still wanted them to perform and carry out everything he had originally tasked them to do. Nothing had changed from God's perspective. And so it's significant here that in Genesis 4, the very first verse of Genesis 4, after they have been removed from the Garden of Eden, is what are they doing? Well, the very first thing they're doing is the very first thing God had tasked them to do, to be fruitful and multiply upon the face of the earth. It just, again, goes to show that just because they had disobeyed God and been kicked out of the Garden of Eden, God still wanted them to carry out the tasks he had given to them. He still wanted them to be his images, his royal emissaries, his ambassadors on earth. Uh, the, the verse goes on to say that uh, when Eve gave birth to her firstborn son, she named him Cain, saying, I have acquired a man from the Lord. The word Cain, the Hebrew word anyway, the, the, the name Cain sort of, it sounds like the Hebrew word for received or obtained or acquired. And so, That explains why she names her son Cain. Notice as well, and maybe even more importantly, she says that she acquired this man, that this man is from the Lord. And this is incredibly significant for the text. Back in Genesis 3.15, when God tells the serpent what will happen to it as a result of tempting Eve, God tells the serpent, and of course Adam and Eve are there listening in as well, that he will send a seed of the woman to crush the head of the serpent. So, when Eve says here that she has acquired a man from the Lord, this indicates that she believes that Cain is this promised 
seed of the woman. Eve believes that Cain is the fulfillment of God's promise, of God's prophecy in a sense, to send a man who will crush the head of the serpent. (laughs) Eve sees Cain as the deliverer of her family. He is going to be the one that leads her and her husband and, and, and her family, if she has any more children after this, back into the Garden of Eden, back into paradise, back to the way it was before they they got kicked out. He is going to be the one to rescue and deliver his family from the pain and toil and hardship that they are now experiencing outside of the Garden of Eden. All right? And that is why Cain's actions later in the chapter are so tragic. He was supposed to be the savior of his family, and instead he ended up becoming a murderer of his brother. Yeah, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, at least for as far as today is concerned. In verse 2, then, we read that Eve gives birth to another son, and this one she names Abel. Nothing is said about him or the importance of his birth, <laughs> not, not like what Cain has said about Cain. And again, that's to indicate that all of Eve's hopes and dreams were resting on Cain. He was going to be the one prophesied to deliver the family and bring them back into paradise, right? So, verse 2 goes on to indicate that as the sons grew up, Abel tended the sheep and Cain worked the ground. In other words, Abel became a shepherd and Cain became a farmer, Again, and this is nothing too surprising here. The text is just sort of laying the groundwork for what happens. Obviously, work back then as now, to some degree, centered around survival. They needed sheep for the wool and farming for the food. They weren't, they weren't raising the sheep for food, by the way. They were vegetarians at this point. We'll see this in Genesis 9.3. God doesn't give the animals to humans for food until after the flood. So here is they raising the sheep. It's for the wool that uh, the sheep could provide, so they could make clothes. So, food and clothing, that's the idea here. And, uh, of course, we still need those things today. Lots of work centers around the quest for food and clothing and shelter. So then, uh, that's verse 2. We come to Genesis 4-3, where we read that at some point along the way, Cain brought an offering of fruit to the Lord. Now, why would Cain do this? We're going to see next week, by the way, that Abel brought an offering from his flocks, and God respected Abel's offering, but not Cain's. And people have speculated for centuries, maybe millennia, why one offering was acceptable and the other was not, especially since, according to the Levitical law, you go over and look, there's laws in Leviticus where God invites the people to bring both offerings of animals and fruit Offerings of fruit, food, and crops to him, and and he is fine with both. Both are acceptable and pleasing to him. So, if if God later accepts offerings of the first fruits, offerings of the crops, offerings of food and fruit and things like that, then, then why is God not pleased with Cain's offering here? Uh, the answer is found in in what we've already seen, but uh, many simply you know, sort of miss or, or ignore it. So, so to help, help you see why Cain brought an offering of fruit and why God did not accept it, 
That is why I invented that story of the father and his two sons, which I told you in last last episode. Uh, it, it was, of course, as, as you figured out, and I think I indicated there at the end of the story, it was a story of Adam, Cain, and Abel. And the primary reason many people fail to understand what, what is going on here in Genesis 4 is that they fail to understand the story behind the text. They fail to understand the story that Cain grew up hearing and believing. Sort of the, the rest of the story. What happened between the end of Genesis 3, Genesis 3.24, and here, Genesis 4.3? Um, look, it's possible. Look, there's probably decades that have passed here in span of a couple verses. It's possible that Eve immediately got pregnant after Adam and Eve were removed from the Garden of Eden. That's possible. So, you know, nine months would have passed there. And then, you know, at least, probably a year at least, before Abel was born. And, you know, then say another, I don't know, 15, 20 years at least, before Cain and Abel grew up and brought these offerings to God that we read about here. Doesn't sound like they're children bringing these offerings. They've been tending the ground and tending the herds, the sheep, for quite a number of years. So, you know, let's just say about 20 years, maybe, have passed between Adam and Eve getting removed from the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3.24, and then uh, Cain bringing an offering of fruit in Genesis 4.3. About two decades, at least. And, And so what has happened during those two decades? It's helpful to think about the stories that Adam and Eve would have told their children, would have told Cain and Abel as they were growing up. You might have heard this, but everybody lives according to a worldview. It's a set of stories and values and beliefs about who they are, where they've come from, where they're going, what's wrong with the world, what is most important in this world, and what can be done to fix this world. Okay, A worldview... Is uh, you could you could call it the story we find ourselves in, and it's sort of subconscious set of mind frames and belief systems and values that most of us hold that most of us are not really fully aware of. We you and I have a worldview, and uh, even if we're not aware of it, but that's also true of the first family: Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. They also had a worldview, uh, and uh, it was the story they found themselves in, and, and the story that Adam and Eve told their children, helps us understand what Cain does in Genesis 4.3. Uh, The the storytelling scene is probably carried out countless times as as Cain and Abel grew up, and it probably went something like this. You know, just imagine the scene at night. After the work was done, the sheep are safe in their pen, the right food was brought in from the field, and Eve sat mending a torn tunic, and as Adam, you know, cut kindling over there for the fire. They brought Cain and Abel in to eat their dinner of roasted nuts and dried figs and told them the story of what had happened to them. Not too long ago, Adam said, we lived in the Garden of Eden. You know where it is. It's that beautiful garden over there. Of course, we, we can't get in. You've never seen it. There's that angel in front of the gate with that flaming sword. Stay away from him. Don't go near the gate. We can't get back into the garden because he's blocking the way. It was a wonderful place, though. We never got tired of our work. We were at perfect peace with the plants and the animals. Everything we did was just enjoyable and exciting. And 
Oh, the best part was we walked with God in the garden in the cool of the day under the branches of the trees. We didn't age back then either, not like we do now. Uh, and there was a tree in the garden called the tree of life. And if we, if we ate from it, then we would, we would never die. We would live forever. Oh, it was wonderful. But as I said, we, we can't get back into the garden to eat it because that angel is blocking the way. Abel looks up at his dad and says, Why, why did we leave, Daddy? Adam glanced at his wife. Well, there was another tree in the garden called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God told us we were not supposed to eat from that tree. It was his fruit alone, God said. But a serpent came along and we ate from God's tree. And so now here we are outside of the garden. Cain looks up from his bowl with a sparkle in his eye. But we can go back, right, Daddy? Tell Abel what God said about about how we get to go back. (laughs) Adam smiled at his eldest son, Cain. Yes, that's right. Before God blocked our way back into the garden, he told us that your mother would have a seed. The seed would come from her who would crush the head of the serpent who tricked us. We believe, Cain, that you are this son, this seed. We believe that you will crush the head of the serpent and you will help us get back into the garden. At this, Cain smiled triumphantly and brandished his pitchfork into the air. Yeah, I'm going to crush the serpent's head and get us back into the garden. And Abel cheered for his older brother with a look of pure awe in his eyes. That is the story that Cain and Abel grew up with. That was the story they heard over and over and over from the time they were little children. It was their worldview. And that is why, in Genesis 4-3, we read that Cain brought an offering of fruit to the Lord. Why did Cain offer fruit? To God? Is it because God wanted fruit from Cain's trees? <laughs> no. God doesn't eat or have need of fruit. He made fruit for human consumption, not for himself. Is it because God wants sacrifices? Is, is it because God wants offerings? No. God never commanded them to do such things for him. We already saw God himself didn't make a sacrifice in Genesis 3. Now, the reason. Cain brought fruit to God is because he was trying to rescue and deliver his family the way his parents expected, told him he would do. Cain was trying to fulfill the story that had been told to him. Cain knew his parents had ate some of God's fruit, and so Cain was trying to give God's fruit back to him. You know, maybe he had been looking for the serpent and hadn't found one yet. Maybe he had found several serpents and he'd killed them, stepped on their heads. I don't know. You know, when he showed showed the, the dead serpent to his parents, parents, you know, horrified. You killed that? No, don't kill it. That, besides, that's not even the serpent. That's not the one. It's the wrong serpent. We don't know about all of that. But eventually, Cain hit upon this plan of saying, well, my parents ate God's fruit. I am growing fruit. 
So I will pick some fruit and give it to God and we can go back into the garden. Cain thought he could fix the situation by giving some fruit back to God. We don't know exactly what Cain was thinking, but the story behind the text is plainly spelled out. Adam and Eve eat God's fruit. God says a seed of the man will come from Eve who will fix things. Eve has a son and says that this son is a gift from God, was given to her from the Lord. And then this son tries to give fruit to God. The pieces all fit. The rest of the story doesn't need to be blatantly spelled out in Scripture because it's so obvious. Cain is trying to be the savior of his family. He's trying to rescue and deliver his family. He's been told from a very young age that he is the promised one, that he is the son who would fix everything and restore the family to the peaceful, eternal existence in the garden paradise. And so, in Genesis 4-3, he brings God some fruit. Now, given this background story which explains Cain's actions, look, we can't really fault him. I don't believe God faults him either. In Genesis 4-4, which we'll begin to look at next week, God, God doesn't Yes, it's true that God does not accept Cain's offering. We'll, we'll explain why God doesn't next week. But, but it doesn't mean God thought Cain was sinning by bringing this offering. God is basically just telling Cain, look, I don't need or want your fruit. It's for you. Keep it. You eat it. Enjoy it. It's for you. I don't need this. We'll talk about all that next week. The fault with Cain is not in bringing the fruit. It's in how Cain responded when God did not accept the fruit. All right, and and what Cain is thinking and why Cain's reaction leads to devastating consequences. We're going to talk about all that in future episodes. For now, I I hope you just understand the story behind the text. Uh, If you want to understand it a bit more, and maybe even some of the other future events we're going to talk about in Genesis 4. Uh, I highly recommend you you listen to last week's episode, episode 52. I do go into some other details about the rest of the story and how the man with the two sons, how they interact with the CEO of the company that they worked. Uh, By the way, I do write about some of this in my book, The Atonement of God. So if you haven't read that book, you can get a copy of it on Amazon. There's a section in there where I, I discuss all of this in more detail there as well. I'd be curious to know what you think about all this, though, about this background to Genesis 4. So uh, if you want to leave a, a comment or question, please do so by going to redeeminggod.com slash Genesis 4, 1, 2, 3, and uh, I will try to respond to any comments that come in. And hey, if you want to ep- uh, download this episode, let's say you're not on iTunes. If you are, then you're going to download it automatically anyway, or Stitcher, or some of these other places I am. But uh, if you're not able to get those, and you've been listening to these on my website, uh, you, you can now download these podcast episodes for free uh, if you are a member of RedeemingGod.com. Again, the faith membership, there's three membership levels, levels faith, hope, and love. And that faith one is free, free forever. And you can sign up for it by going to redeeminggod.com slash register. 
And then uh, once you become a free member, you can access the podcast archives at redeeminggod.com slash podcast archives. Uh, I can't wait to see you there. And I can't wait to pick back up with our study of Genesis 4 next week when we look at Genesis 4 verses 4 and 5 and why Abel brought an offering to God as well and then what God thought about the offerings of Cain and Abel. See you then. See you then.